You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. These are not from God, he from heaven above, we Empower and love our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom. Our God is an awesome God. Take a song of praise to the Lord Jesus. Don't let your praise stop because music has stopped. Raise a voice, reflect on His goodness, reflect on His kindness. Before the word comes, I want us to saturate the atmosphere with praise, with worship, with worship, with worship. Think of a song, a song that reminds you of the goodness of God. Let Him hear you sing. Let Him hear you sing that song to Him, but not just your mouth. Let your heart commune with Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Take a minute to worship Him. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. I heard of His word. Let Him hear your words. Let Him hear words from you saying that He is lovely, that He is beautiful, that He is awesome, that He is wonderful. Call Him those great names that He bears, the way maker, the one who makes a way where man says there is none. Let Him hear you call Him those wonderful names. Jehovah Lord God Almighty, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. You whose words never fail, you whose words never fall to the ground. We worship you, we worship you. We take this opportunity to join your host, the host of heaven that worship you, those beings you created. Those big stars and lights that you put on the skies. Lord God, we worship you alongside them this morning. We bow before you to acknowledge your deity. To acknowledge that you are the Almighty. To acknowledge that there is none greater than you. Most High, King of Heaven, we worship your holy name. King of all the earth, King of everything and everywhere. Maker of all things, seen and unseen. We worship you. We trust in the efficacy of your word. And we believe that those words come today, they will bless us. In the name of Jesus, that those words will bring about change, will bring about transformation, will bring the required energy to go to the next level. In the name of Jesus Christ. And that we all shower us into the new things that you begin to do. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, because these words will come with clarity, with power. And with precision in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, glorious Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Will you please put your hands together for Jesus and appreciate the Most High. Give Him praise, give Him glory because He deserves it. He deserves it. Today is a beautiful day. It is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank God that you are here. And that um, the Lord is said to do you good. Fasten your seatbelt because the Lord will visit us today in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to pay extra attention today. If before now you just attend casually or maybe you just listen to this message casually, please, I beg of you today, let there be a difference. Let there be a different attitude. Get ready, prepare your heart because God is going to speak to us today. Today we continue with our series, our series on a new thing. In this month of November, that's the series that we started. And uh, we've taken a number of uh, topics within this series. But today, our focus is step out. The topic is step out. And that's what we're going to be focusing on. This is a very direct instruction to everyone who has stayed too long after receiving a word. God has spoken. You have heard a word. By the grace of God, when God spoke to us last month about this series and said, I'm doing something new. I'm doing a new thing. You have heard the word. But you're waiting. Is, is that it? A new thing? Will God not, you know, give additional clarification? Will he not say something more? Oh, he's giving you a word. You are waiting for a sentence. Hmm? Some have received sentence. They are waiting for paragraph. 
Other people are waiting for a textbook or an entire library before they take action. Don't, don't let that be you. So today, I want to challenge you to step out. Step out on the word. A word is enough. A word is enough. Step out on the word. God wants you to have a new song. You know, in the course of the week, I've been praying and I've been meditating a lot about this message. And um, one thing that I'm 100% sure the Lord has laid on my heart is a message for somebody. I've been hearing new song, new song, new song, new song, new song. I don't know who that message is for, but God wants to give somebody a new song, a new song. Maybe he has given you the chorus already. You are waiting for the verses and the bridge before you open your mouth and begin to sing. Just start with the chorus he has given you. A new song is coming. A new song. I heard very clearly. A new song is coming for somebody. I don't know who that person is. I even want it to be me. I want to sing a new song. I want to go to the next level. There's, there's something I've been yearning for. That I've been trusting God for. Um, over the last few weeks. I, I can sense something around. And I've been trusting it for Maybe this song is for me. But I know certainly there is someone that God wants to give a new song. And he referred me also to this scripture. Please pay attention. I'm going to read um, Isaiah chapter 42. 42. I'm going to read verse 9 and verse 10. And I'm going to read verse 16. The Bible says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. And new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. God is saying to somebody, He said, Those things that... You were thinking I would do. They are already done. All. They are done. It's just for you to be able to step into the new things that I've already declared. Before they happen, I've told you. They are done already. And the former things, those ones have come to pass. Forget those ones. I'm set to do something new. Then even the new thing I want to do, it is done. You just need to step out into it. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. And it sprays from the ends of the earth. You will go down to the sea. And all that is in it. You coastlands and the inhabitants of them. God is saying, I have a new song for you. I have a new song for you. I go to verse 16. It says, I will bring the blind by the way they did not know. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. God is saying, see, you need to step out of the familiar into the unusual. He says, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. If someone is blind, but you know, before they became blind, they are familiar with a route. Sometimes they can walk on that road alone, unaided. They can walk on that road unaided. They say, no, yes, I'm going to take you to a place that you have never walked before. Even though you are blind and you have not seen that road before. He said, you need to trust me that I can lead you. Listen, he's saying to you, you need to trust me that I can lead you in that way you have never gone before. You are very good at navigating your way. You are very good at following instructions once you have clarity. He said, on this one, you will not have enough information. It will not be familiar to you. But trust me, I will take you through it. I will take you through it. He's saying to someone, I'm going to lead you through that way. Even though you have not walked through it before. Even though you have current impediments. Even though you have current limitations. Get ready because I'm ready to lead you in the paths that you have not known before. See, that will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them. And not forsake them. The Lord is going to make a way for you. The Lord is going to make new roads for you in this season. I hope you are ready to step out. You know, here he says, I will make darkness light before them. That is, I'm going to, to furnish information where there has been ignorance. I'm going to give you clarity. I'm going to give you clarity. You know, last week when we were taking the topic... The topic for last week was bridge the gap and the focus was on receiving light. The kind of knowledge you need to move to the next level. 
when you receive that knowledge, God is saying it's not for your information or your education. It's for your action. It's for your action. Say, I'm going to require you to step out. When that light comes in the area of darkness, in the area of confusion, you've got to do something with it. You've got to do something with it. One of the barriers to the manifestation of promises of God is man's inability to step out. Despite receiving a word or a spiritual stimulus, there are times that we hear a word, we're sure there's a word. God has said, I'm doing something new, you know. You're sure of it, but it still doesn't happen. Right? We see it littered all through scriptures. We see it in our lives. And many people, for that reason, now think God is a liar. Because the word that was purportedly promised by him did not find expression or did not get performed. They say, maybe God didn't say it. Maybe you didn't hear it well. Maybe something, maybe you just felt it was God talking. Maybe it was something else talking to you. Oh, it happens. And one of the reasons it happens is because of what we're going to be considering today. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of uh, Hebrews chapter chapter 4. Please stay with me. Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to be reading uh, a couple of verses. Hebrews chapter 4, I'll read verse 1 and verse 2. The Bible says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not be mixed with faith in those who heard it. Here, the writer of the book of Hebrews was speaking about something deeper. So what we want to do is to extract a principle from it. It was comparing the uh, Israeli nation, those who heard God's word, who heard this message before, how they hardened their hearts, how they did not yield to what the Holy Spirit was saying. And as a result of it, the word that was preached to them, that is in context, the gospel, the good news that was preached to them. He said he did not benefit them. That is, they did not profit from it. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith. So, the first thing I see in this scripture is that, number one, people can come short of a promise. Even though God has made a promise, God is not a liar. Yet, people can come short. A word of prophecy has come. It's hanging there. The way prophecy works is that prophecy will find fulfillment. If he doesn't find it now, it will find it later. If he doesn't find it with the main target, it will find it with another target. That word never returns to God void. That's the nature of promise. But if on our part, there is something missing, there is something we need to know or something we need to do, which we fail to know or fail to do, that promise will not be performed. We now turn around and say, oh, God is a liar. God is not a liar. He's not. He's not. One of the reasons why what God has promised, we may not get it, is if there is a knowledge gap. And that's what we're trying to close last week. If there is ignorance of what to do when you hear a word, the required performance may not happen. God said, it's a new season. I'm doing something new. That is the word. That is the central theme. But wait, 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 wait. For that word to be performed, you need to have an additional understanding of what to do. You have a responsibility. God has a responsibility. Let me take your mind back to the book of Acts of the Apostles. If you go to chapter 2, Chapter 2 of the book of Acts of Apostles. It was the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit had come. Peter had received boldness. He stepped out and he began to preach, right? You remember the story. He began to preach. 
And after talking a lot, a lot of things were said. And the atmosphere was charged. Atmosphere was charged. It was preaching the word of the gospel. It was preaching the word of salvation. Wait, what happened next? Thank God for wise people. They said, Oh God, Peter, all these things you are saying is good. God is going to do this. God is going to do that. God is going to... What exactly do we need to do to be saved? Go to verse 37. Verse 37 of the book of Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 2. The Bible says, Now, when they heard this, that is all the preaching, all the words that preacher has been preaching, they were caught to the heart. That is, they were convicted. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. Bible now says, and with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Pay attention to some words here. The first thing we see here is that there was ignorance. After Paul Abbe Peter had preached, somebody said, Please, sir, thank God for the word. But what do we need to do? Do. Is there an action on our part to receive this salvation you are talking so passionately about? What do we need to do? So Peter explained to them, you need to repent, you need to get baptized, and you will receive the Holy Ghost. She cannot. But said, not only for you, this promise is not only for you, it's also for your children and those people who are far off. That means, promise is not returning to God for it. The intention of God is for those promises to be received. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Check what the Bible says next. It says not everybody received what Peter said. Oh, God has said, I'm saving you. Jesus had died. Good. Peter had preached. They heard the word. They've asked Peter, what else do we need to do? He had told them. He said not everyone received. So there was refusal. Why? Few people gladly accepted. Those few people were the 3,000. Check your Bible. The Bible didn't tell us how many people were there in totality. But it said only those who gladly received the word became saved. And those were the 3,000. So that leads us to the second thing. It is not enough that God has spoken it. We must understand our duty in what God has spoken that is, breach the ignorance gap. Then number two, we must act in belief. We must act in faith towards what God has said we should do. So only those who now repented and God baptized, they were the ones that became saved. The promise of God was for salvation. I'm building this case so that you understand where we're going. So in express terms, what is scripture which we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, before we flipped here, what he's saying in essence is that if we do not mix the word we hear with faith, we should not expect a performance. Do you understand? If we do not mix the word we have heard with faith, then there is no reason to expect a performance or hoping to get the intended results. Faith involves acting based on God's word. So, and this is where it gets complicated. We have said, oh, people must understand what to do. Number two, they should believe it and do it great. If they do act on what they have read, that means they are exercising faith. But the problem with faith is that it requires two other ingredients. Number one is trust. Number two is courage. Look all through scriptures. Each time you see faith in action, the two ingredients you see following it are trust and courage. 
let's talk a little bit about trust so if God has said do activity A in order to get to the destination new thing new level new song a new thing right you need to do activity A why should I do the activity why should I do it people can only exercise faith for two reasons trust and courage for trust how do we trust people why do we trust people I'll, I'll give you three things we trust people usually based on relationship hmm? based on the interactions I have had with somebody if they say jump I will jump are you with me if they say sit I will sit to take an action in faith on God's word first and foremost means that my relationship with him must be one that I can trust why in time past he has shown me that he is indeed what he says he is so the bible has called him a provider I have come to see him as a provider so the relationship with us between us the bible has said is a defender I have come to see him as a defender so when he says jump then I can jump are you with me relationship like father child so if I see him as my father and he says do this I know at the back of my mind that he has my best interest at heart based on our relationship so when he says take this step I take it number two way we trust people is based on performance sometimes we may not have a relationship with the person hmm? but we have a track record of the fact that the person always delivers even though I don't like him even though I don't know him but if there is somebody for instance um, you're sick God forbid you need to uh, do a surgery there is a surgeon this surgeon is a Muslim he's a Buddhist but everybody knows you are a Christian everybody knows that that surgeon is the best around when it comes to doing so 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 procedure they are the best in the world you don't know them hmm? you don't like them you have no relationship but based on the record of performance you will be able to trust them and let them open you up is that not so you want to enter a plane you don't know the pilot you don't know if he's even you know like you don't know if he's a learner you don't know but something in you trust that airline that they will put a credible pilot in that cockpit something in you tells you that so you enter in trust not with relationship are you with me but the third 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 way that we build trust that we build trust which now makes us to take an action the third way is what i'll call maybe due diligence you checking your boxes so sometimes you don't have all the information you don't have relationship you don't have um any track record anything to refer to any brands to leverage but you just have your common sense right so with your common sense you want to check all the boxes to ensure that they are ticked so you begin to ask questions you want information so for many of us and we are like this most of the time before we trust people especially people we are meeting for the first time hmm? we ask a lot of questions is that not so we begin to ask so that we can have comfort i'm going somewhere we do not trust until these three factors are in place think about it we don't trust so and this is an area which now makes it difficult for us to have faith when you see us struggling to have faith on the trust level you've seen these three things i mentioned if you cannot tick any of the boxes it will be difficult to take a step when god says move i start with the last one last one is based on information <laughs> many times we expect that god will give us all the information so that we can tick all the boxes before we move he will never move like that why god doesn't always give all the information at once he doesn't sometimes let's even say you have the information information that can give you trust right the information 
may be too scary for you to move. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You have all the facts you need to have. But the facts are scary. So you are still not going to move. The fear of stepping out and entering into a new terrain. You are used to running on the ground. And now, what God is asking you to do involves you flying in the air. You are asking a lot of questions. Even though I hear God clearly, even though I've seen God, you know, do great and mighty things, I trust Him. I don't have a trust deficiency. I don't have trust issues now. But I have courage limitation. I cannot take this leap. If you cannot take that leap, you cannot walk in faith. Trust is intact, but does courage stay there? Do you have the courage to step out? Sometimes it's just fear of failure. If I do this, what if I fail? What will people say? How will I react? What do I need to do? Fear of failure sometimes will not let us move. Or fear of loss. What if I gamble with this opportunity and I put all my eggs in this God's basket? What if the basket now leaks by mistake? What if I lose? Sometimes it's just the fear of letting go of the familiar. I love this so much. I want this so much. So because of that, you don't get to move. So to walk by faith is not talk. You need to understand the components. And these are the components I've just tried to break down for us very quickly. The components of faith are trust and courage. Trust relying on three things. Relationship, previous past, uh, previous performance, or you doing your due diligence check, having the right answers to all the questions you have, or courage. Are you with me? But as mentioned earlier, banking on God telling you everything is not going to happen. We see all true scriptures. When God wants to do something, it will give you part information, just like a teaser. Like if, I think somebody put it very well. If God wants you to climb a staircase, it doesn't show you the entire staircase, it just shows you one step. If you will take that one step, you will get a chance to see the entire staircase. If not, you will stay on that spot. Let's, let's check a few examples in scriptures before I go. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 is a story of Abraham. I'm sure we all remember Father Abraham. They say Father Abraham has many sons. It is where? The story of Abraham, chapter 12. Bible says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, <laughs> from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Aaron. Then Abraham took Sarah's wife. And Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Aaron, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moriah, and the Canaanites were in the land. Listen to verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. You see, this scripture, I need to break it down a bit. You understand what's happening? Here God had made a promise, a very good promise to Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do this and that for you. Therefore, leave your comfort zone. Leave your father's house. Leave your people. Abraham said, okay. But leave to where actually? I think that's a reasonable question to ask. Abraham could have asked God, okay, 
Fine, I'm going to leave. But what is the location of where I'm going? Can you give me the coordinates? Can you send me the, the uh, location on the map, on Google map, so that I can, you know, navigate successfully? God said, no. The name of the place is called a land that I will show you. God didn't tell him. God didn't tell him. So, Abraham was not even told that he would have obstacles on the way as he would be going. But he moved out. The Bible said he moved out of Aram. He left where he was. He left with his family. He left with his people. That is, people in his household. He left with Lot. He left with his wife. And they went to Canaan. Excuse me. Your Bible student is right. Please go back to your Bible. Open it. At what point in this chapter 12, at what point did God tell him the, the name of the land is Canaan? God didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, go to a land that I will show you. So the first thing Abraham did was, okay, I'm going to step out. I'm going to start moving. So he kept moving. Then they got to Canaan. Listen, read your Bible. See what happened in verse 6. He got to Canaan. I mean verse 5. So they came to the land of Canaan. In fact, Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem. So within Canaan, he went to a place called Shechem. He went as far as the celebrity tree of Moray. And the Canaanites were in the land. He got to a place. He just moved out. God didn't tell him the name of the place is Canaan. Verse 7, I said, Then, not before he stepped out. Then, when he had reached Canaan, God now said, God appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants, I will give this land. It was at that point, God was now telling him, The place that I told you, verse 1 of chapter 12, you have just reached there in this verse 7. So, it is this place I told you to come. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the instruction will not come until you have moved. The additional details, of course, the word came before it moved, but the additional details that we always like to have so that we can check all the boxes, it will not come until you move. And I'm not telling you what I don't know. There are times God has given me a word. In part, He will just give me a word in part, and I'll struggle with it for a while. Until I, I understood that this is God's way of working. I will just be praying, Lord, give me more information. I will not say anything. Give me more information. Is it like this? Is it like that? Mm-hmm. Then at some point I will figure it out that it's like the function God has given me is enough. Let me get out and use my initiative. And as I begin to move, and I begin to hear him clearly. So oh, do this now. Do this now. Do this now. Brethren, this is the way it works. You don't believe me? Let's check another person. Let's go to David. David's story. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. You see in uh, chapter 16, Uncle Samuel went to their house to go and anoint him king. You remember the story very well, right? That's in chapter 16. David was anointed king based on the word of God. God said, I have found for myself a king in Jesse's house, right? So there was a word that had gone ahead of David. Based on that word, Samuel went and anointed him. And he was not anointed to be uh, a shepherd. He was anointed to be a king, actually, right? So there was clarity that what God wanted to do with his life was to make him a king. Clearly. So that went, after that, no other detail. God didn't talk to him. Please check your Bible very well. Maybe I'm missing one point. At any point in time between when uh, David was anointed king and when he fought Goliath, did God tell him anything? Read your Bible. There's no record of God telling him, Yes, David, now begin to do this. Bible said it was just one innocent day. His father sent him on an errand. Go take food to the battlefield. See how your brothers are doing. You know what? And he got there. David got there that day. And, and an opportunity presented itself. Listen to me. There was no bell 
There was no trumpets. There was no door says the Lord. An opportunity presented itself. Remember, God had spoken. He's going to be king. He had anointed. That's it. He was just supposed to run an errand. And as he got there, he saw one giant came out. And the man was talking. You guys are a bunch of cowards. I've been coming out for 40 days. You know, if you want to fight, I'll fight. Start the fight now. Why wait for 40 days? God was waiting to prepare the man. David came there that day. Goliath came as usual. And he was ranting, insulting the soldiers of Israel. The Lord's army. And David said, what's going on here? And somebody explained to him, oh, don't you know? This is Mr. Goliath. You know, is the, is the uh, champion of the Philistines. And they've given us a contest. Saying, they don't need to fight our entire army. Let's produce one man to fight against him. Whoever wins between him and that one man, his country becomes the winner. Therefore, the people of the losers will become slaves and they will serve the country of the person who wins. And then we say, really? So what will be done for the man who does it? He said, ah, very good. Good question. He said, the man who does it, the king will make him very rich. The king will give his daughter to him. Next, the king will grant his family tax exemptions. They really, really. And he kept asking, he kept asking, he kept asking, he kept asking. You know, in David's case, at this point in time, what was driving him was conviction. Something deep inside of him. You know, if you, if you read his Psalms, you will understand later. David had a personal relationship with God. So his trust was in God. That, hey, God can't do this thing. Not just relationship. He has also seen God experientially. You know, when Saul was trying to discourage him, he said, oh God, King, I know that you, you are in the palace. You don't understand how these things work. He said, there was a time, there was a lion, there was a bear. They attacked my animals. I went after them, knocked them down. Retrieved the animal from their mouths. So I have seen God deliver me. He said, God who delivered me from the lion and the bear. He will also deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. So it was something based on trust. Trust on two levels. That David was saying, I can do this. I can do this. So David began to talk, 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 until the message reached the king. And the king said, really? You can do that? And he had an interview. And the king said, okay, go ahead and do it. But before then, you know, he ran into trouble with his brother, Eliab, his eldest brother. The eldest brother was like, I know you are a very proud boy. Ah, just to come to this place to come and give us food. You are asking questions. You are asking questions. As if you are, the, you are the savior of this place. David in his mind was like, you hey, boy, what's wrong with these boys? What's wrong with these bros? You know, in David trying to step out, basically he was going to step on his brother's ego. Because his brother felt we are the ones that are qualified to fight in this battle. We are the tall six-footer. You know, even God had rejected to make us king. We are the six-footer that should be facing Goliath. David said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you stop me. Even when Saul, the king, wanted to stop David. He wanted to stop. He said, David, I've been talking too much. I thought we said we should read First Samuel chapter 17. Let me read verse 42. You know, this is, this is the thing with the scriptures. I'm so, so, so in love with it. So, so in love with it. Let me start from verse 42. Verse 42 says, uh, And then the Philistines looked about and saw David. Let me read one other place before that. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is the point I wanted to make. 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. And he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight with the Philistines. Somebody say, I will step out. I will step out and fight the Philistine. Step out and fight the Philistine. And David, Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth. And he, a man of war, from his youth. You know, many of us have heard this. Say you can't do it. You are too young. You are too young. David said, you are right. I'm a youth. 
But I'm a youth with a difference. This youth, there's something in my CV. So he now went to the next verse and began to read his CV. So before you go and brag, ladies and gentlemen listening to me, before you go and make sure you have also built your CV. So David said to Saul, said, Oga, king, there's something in my CV. By the grace of God, I will step out and defeat this man. So he goes on, let me just go to 42 that I was trying to read before. So the Philistine looked about and saw David. He disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. Say this fine boy, I will tear your face today. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David with his by his gods. Oh Lord Jesus, help me. I don't want to go in this direction today. Something is happening here, which will be maybe something we will teach about on another day. The Philistine, the first thing he did when he saw David, he began to speak. And he began to speak using the names of his gods. That will be for another day. We'll see here also what David did. <laughs> David, too, before he, he shot that stone, he also understood what was going on, that this is a spiritual affair, first and foremost. So David began to speak in the name of the Lord God. He said, you, you have defied the, the armies of God. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Before he threw the first stone. Let's jump down and move. That's not my message today. So, even though defeating Goliath was a major milestone, and that's the, the point I was trying to emphasize all along, God omitted that detail when he was anointing David as king. You will think of something that is this spectacular. Something that is this important. It's a major milestone in the life of David. God didn't give him that information. You have to step out first. You have to step out. If you don't step out, you will never know it. It's when you step out and leave the rest to God. Then you will begin to understand the other things you need to do. The word has come. God has made a proclamation. You are dearly darling. Maybe I need a sign. You don't need a sign. You don't need a sign. Step out. Step out. That expansion you need to do. The word has come. You are waiting for a sign. The sign may not come. Don't delay yourself. Step out. It's your season. It's your season. You pick the form. You have even bought the form. But you will not feel it. You will not submit it. You are waiting for a sign. Step out. Feel it and go and submit. Oh, you are asking. So where will this now come from? Where will the money come from? Where will I find the time? Step out first. You will figure it out. It's your new season. Something you've not done before is just at the corner. It's just around you. But if you don't take the first step, you are not going to see the next thing. This is for you. This is for you today. Step out. Otherwise, you are not going to see it. You remember Peter? In the book of Matthew chapter 14. I'm not going to read this because of my time. Bible says, Jesus was left alone after feeding 5,000 people. He was left alone and he prayed from early in the day until it was evening. So the disciples couldn't wait for him. If you go to Matthew chapter 14, you see it from verse 23. His disciples couldn't wait for him, so they had already entered the boat. And the ship was somewhere in the middle of the sea. Late into the night, Jesus said, Okay, it's time for me to go and join them. But before he went to join them, the Bible says there was storm on the sea. He said, Because the wind was contrary. So the disciples were battling storm. Bad wind brought about bad weather. Everywhere was shaking, you know. Remember what happened in the book of Mark chapter 4? When Jesus was going to um, the other side of the lake, where we had the, the man who was so mad, nobody could, could keep him in a house. You remember that story? Ha. Again, Jesus was going to a place where there was going to be a mighty healing crusade. 
I don't have time to read plenty of scriptures today. There was going to be a mighty healing crusade. People were going to come and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. People were going to go and print their own posters and do publicity for Jesus. To say, Jesus has come here, bring all the sick people in these districts. That was what was going to happen on the other side. So of course, as usual, there was a storm. So the disciples were already agitated. Then in the middle of the storm, they see somebody walking on the sea. Ah, say this is Poseidon. <laughs> this is definitely a demon. This is the demon that has been causing this storm to happen. Bible said they were afraid. So Jesus approached and called to them. He said, Guys, don't be scared. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Say, Really? It is you? The Bible says, And Jesus he spoke to them. Jesus spoke to them. Jesus was saying, I'm about to bring you into a new experience. And the people misinterpreted it to be a demon. Listen to me. You will see some, some signs, some movements. You will see some events happening around you now. The Lord is shaking things up. It's your season of change. Don't be confused. You will have some encounters. You will hear some very strong and probably strange instructions. In this season, this is the way it works. Mankind was going to do something that was strange. A man is just about to walk on water. That is the moment where it's easy to get confused. And not discern. Everybody was saying, no, this got to be a ghost. Jesus said, no, it's not a ghost. This is the move of God. This is the move of God. This is not stupidity. Oh, it might look like something stupid. There is a storm already. Why should I step outside of the, of the boats? Inside the storm. Read your Bible. The Bible says the wind was contrary. And the waves of the sea were rising. And then, do you think it is reasonable to step out of the boat inside that condition? Especially towards somebody you don't really know who he is. Pay attention. Some strange things will begin to happen around you now. This is one of the symptoms. This is one of the signs of a new season. A new season is here. I'm convinced, without any other doubt, a new season is here. But these are the things we need to learn before we enter into them. So, Jesus said, come! When Jesus said, come, he said it. He said it to all. But only Peter stood up. Only Peter stepped out. Jesus spoke to every one of them. They were all afraid, including Peter. And said, if it's you, beat me, come. Jesus said, come. The moment the word went out, Peter stepped out. He stepped out of the boat so he could have a new experience. The experience of walking on water. He got out of the boat. Every other person was in the boat. Listen. And this is not to, to make you feel bad. Not everyone who is hearing me now will be able to key into this. No. No. You know why? Everyone can. But not everyone will. You know why? Not everyone will be bold enough to step out into the boat. Out of the boat, rather. Not everyone. Only Peter was courageous enough to take that step of faith. If you are going to do that new thing, if you are going to step into that new thing, you must step out of your boat. I don't know what your boat is. You know what your boat is. You know that place of relative safety and comfort. Yes, there's a storm all around. But at least in this place, I'm a bit safe. 
for some of us is our jobs for some of us it's your current financial level for some of us is your current grade is your current cgpa band for some of us it's your current grade as a staff you need to step out to go to the next one you need to do what every other person around you is afraid to do even though every other person around you has heard the word opportunity has come to everyone around you but everyone is afraid to take a step you need to take the step that's where the difference comes from so what's your boat What's your boat? Think about it. Ah. Step out of it. But don't step out without hearing the word. I didn't say hearing all the details. Peter stepped out when he heard a direct word. Come! He didn't get the details. He didn't hear. Should I take the left leg first? Or the right leg? Should I start with my head? You know, Peter was a fisherman. Should I sit down? Should I uh, walk backwards when I want to step out? Should I back you? Should I jump? Should I leap? He didn't tell him anything. He just said, come! One word. No details. So I'm not asking you to take a step in empty courage. No. Take a courageous step on the word. He says, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Are you ready? Are you ready to step out in faith? Have you got a word? Then step out. But like Peter, keep your eyes on Jesus as you step out. What did I say? Keep your eyes on him. As long as Peter's eyes were on Jesus, he was walking. Verse 29. Peter stepped out and walked. But verse 30, of course, I don't like reading verse 30, to be frank. I don't like reading anything after verse 30. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this Peter gave me a model that if you hear the word and you are daring enough, you can do the usual. He stepped out. But if you read forward, you see that he sank when he took his eyes off Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the one who brought the word. He's the one who can sustain the word. For some of us, and this is a word I heard for someone, that the door that you are waiting for is already open. But you won't know until you go there and turn the knob. That door is already open. You have been trusting God for it. You have been praying. You've done everything. The door is already open. But you will not know until you approach it and open that door. It's unlocked. The door has been unlocked. A word has unlocked that door this month. That door is already unlocked. And you will have a testimony if you will take a step. You've been at that level. You have been afraid to go and ask for a raise. It's getting clearer. You've been on this level. You have been afraid to go and ask for a raise. This word is for you. Go and ask for a raise. An opening is coming for you. Go and ask for a raise. It is already done. They are only waiting for you to come and ask. It's done. You shall have a testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you shall ask the testimony. When God opened the Red Sea, you remember the story in Exodus chapter 14? When the road was open, the Red Sea parted. God did his part. He parted the sea. He cannot force the people to enter. The people must step out of their comfort zone, the dry land, and enter inside the parted sea. If they do not, 
then there's no way they are going to seek the promised land. As I wrap up, I'll read Isaiah chapter 43. May Isaiah chapter 43 verse 19 says behold I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall you not know it I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert the beasts of the field will honor me the jackals and the ostriches because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people my chosen these people I have formed for myself they shall declare my praise I want you to make some declarations this morning I want you to make some declarations this morning I don't know what you need. Maybe your own is courage to step out. I don't know what you need. Maybe you have not heard the word. Maybe you're just waiting for the word. But I want you. You don't need all the details. You only need the word. I want you to make declarations. I'm just going to give you two, three minutes this morning. This morning, make declarations. Make declarations. Make declarations. I step out in faith. I overcome everything that has held me down. Every fear that has held me down into going into what God wants me to step into. I overcome you this morning. I receive the enablement, the enablement, the enablement to arise and go into the newness that God is creating ahead of me. In the name of Jesus, I take both steps, both steps towards every door that has hindered me before on the strength of the word that God is doing a new thing in my life in this season I begin to make demands I make demands, door be open chains be broken in the name of Jesus Christ doors be open, it's time for me to arise, I arise I arise, I don't know what you want to see in your new level for some of you maybe it's in your spiritual life you have been on a spot before and you have been there so long you are tired you have been yearning to rise you have been yearning to rise this is the moment every fear that you have been exercising what will people say what will people think what if I'm wrong what if I make a mistake from this morning begin to break loose from it break loose from it break loose from it for those of you in your career in your education in your monetary life whatever as we holding you down, begin to take courage over it this morning. You say, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I receive boldness. I receive boldness to step out. I receive boldness to step out. In the name of Jesus Christ, I will not cheat myself by being too cowardly. I will not cheat myself by resting in the boat where I could be the one walking on the water. I take a bold step. From this moment, I take a bold step. I take a bold step. In the name of Jesus, I take Take a bold step. My life will go forward. I refuse fear to hold me down. I refuse fear to hold me down. I break free from the shackles of fear. Those things I'm afraid to do, but are necessary towards where I'm going. From this moment, I receive courage to begin to do them. In the name of Jesus, I receive courage to begin to do them. My heart is made up from this time forth. Nothing will hold me down. No one will hold me down. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus mighty name we pray. I pray for you this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that has held you down. Every fear that has held you down. Fear of loss. Fear of missing out. Fear of the unfamiliar. Whatever it may be. In the name of Jesus. It's old on you. It's broken. In the name of Jesus. From this moment. You shall arise. And you shall possess your possession. In the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus mighty name. We pray. Put your hands together for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Clap like a victorious one. Clap like somebody who is going to celebrate soon. Clap like somebody who is going to testify very soon. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you real good. By the grace of God, 
we'll be wrapping this up um, next week um, with the last topic in this series. But before then, I just like to remind you of two of our very important programs. One is happening by 11 a.m. today. It's a League of Young Professionals, and I invite you to be part of it. Our links are all over the place. If you have not registered, please register so that you can get the link. And by God's grace, you will be thoroughly blessed. Invite your friends, invite your colleagues. It will be a swell time in God's presence. And of course, tomorrow, we're going to have the fifth edition of Todd the Unleashed. I can already sense the glory and grace of God in that program. It's going to be from 3 p.m. at our church, 4042 Imam Dalda Street of Eric Moore Road, Surulere, Lagos. The roof will be lifted. Men will be lifted in the name of Jesus Christ. And we will have an encounter in Jesus' name. Don't be late. Invite your friends and God bless you. Listen to the announcements that will come after this. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street of Eric Moore, Lagos. God bless you.